Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. Hey, what's up? We're talking this time about mystical experiences, prophetic experiences, and we need to be able to talk about prophetic, mystical experiences and supernatural encounters. So in this time, I'm going to use the terms mystical experiences or prophetic experiences and supernatural encounters interchangeably. Uh, so why do we even need to talk about mystical experiences? Well, the future of the church is sure to be filled with people who have mystical experiences and who operate in the prophetic anointing. And this is already happening right now. So how much more in the generation in which the Lord returns, the whole church, every believer, every denomination, every congregation will receive dreams, visions, and prophetic experiences. Acts 2, 17-21 says this. This will be such an exciting time as well as challenging. So there's going to be new dimensions of the Holy Spirit's ministry will certainly emerge that will demand faithfulness to the scriptures as well as deep humility as learners. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, 3.18, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. So like... In this time in history, it's not good to be a know-it-all, but rather it's the proper time for the virtue of humility expressed in a teachable spirit as we grow and go to greater depths in the prophetic, in these type of being open to these kind of experiences, at least talking about them. So on the subject of mystical experiences, one thing, it's unbalanced to have a to have a college level of doctrine, but still be a kindergartner in spirit. That's something that Mike Bickle has said before. We need to teach and instruct on historic biblical mysticism to empower believers to even have a grid for the spirit realm and partnership with the Holy Spirit, especially in light of the coming days ahead of harvest. Mystical experiences need to be talked about in our conversations about the activity of the Holy Spirit. They shouldn't be so common that they become trite and overfamiliar. But it, but mystical experiences shouldn't be so spooky and bizarre that no one can believe it or experience them. So just think about uh the Jewish prophets and forefathers of our faith. They all had mystical ex- encounters with the presence of God and thus records of their Encounters with the Creator Yahweh were captured in Holy Scripture. I always kind of find it kind of funny, kind of actually highly ironic when some some people say things like, we don't need encounters, we only need the Bible. I think to myself, do you realize you, you are reading words formed from people's mystical encounters, right? You do know that. <laughs> it's because it's, when you read the Bible, do you see... Do you have eyes to see normal people having real encounters with a personal God? I think that we should ask God to visit us like he visited many of the people in the Bible. This is supposed to be normal. We should be communing with God today like they were communing with him then. When you read the Bible from front to back, do you observe this very interesting theme throughout the Bible? I'll tell you what I see. I, I, I see it. I see normal people 
like myself walking and talking with God and that provokes me. I, I want to experience that as well. I want experiential knowledge of him. You know, when you read through the Bible, many of these individuals had horrible resumes. Some were even murderers or adulterers or both. You know, even reading through the first book of the Old Testament, Genesis, you, you, you uh, discover Abraham. He was considered to be the father of the faith. You know who ate lunch with Abraham? You know, those these people that say, like, we just need the Bible. Don't need experiences, just need the Bible. Well, do you know who ate lunch with Abraham? It was the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, and two angels came to Abraham and spent the day with him eating and drinking. So Abraham received visitations from the Lord and angels. He communed with God and had supernatural encounters. I mean, God used a vision to restate the Abrahamic covenant, reminding Abram that he would have a son and be the father of many nations in Genesis 15, verse 1. Genesis 15, verse 12, God put Abraham in a trance and the presence of the fear of the Lord fell upon him and spoke to him. It says, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. The Septuagint says a trance fell upon Abraham, or Abraham fell into a trance. Behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. That's a supernatural experience. But what's crazy, I think crazier than that is Genesis 15 verse 17 says, When the sun had gone down, it was dark. Behold, a smoke and fiery pot and a flame and torch passed through the pieces. So there was a physical flaming oven and torch manifestation of Yahweh that walked through the animal parts that, that Abraham killed. And basically God made a co covenant with Abraham walking through those animal parts. Guys, think about it. Encounters can't get any more mystical than that. That's just awesome. I mean, God appearing as a flaming oven and torch. And this was only the beginning of Abraham's journey with Yahweh. So, you know, after reading about Abraham and others in the Bible, we should also consider this conclusion that if all this was happening to them, then it should be happening to and through us as well. Or we should be open to having that happen to us. So why mystical encounters? The why behind mystical encounters? We must remember Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So I, one way I like to say it is ultimately revelatory prophetic experiences and revelation is to help empower us to love God well, to love Yahweh well. These experiences should impart the fear of the Lord into us. These type of experiences should cause us to know him more and desire to obey him more. We should ask ourselves, do these experiences provoke us to love Jesus with all of our beings? Do these experiences empower passion and grown in loyal love with Jesus and wholehearted obedience? Is that the primary dream of our heart from these experiences? If the answer is yes, these are safe to include, be included in the category of Holy Spirit activity. In all of this, we always must remember 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. It says, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, but have not love, I am nothing. Think about it. If I know all sacred secrets 
and know every kind of hidden truth and every kind of knowledge, if there was no secret hidden from me, no knowledge too deep, but have not love, I am nothing. I am useless. It, I would still be worth nothing. I like how uh, one translation says, if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, but I have never learned to love, then I am nothing. Basically, it's important to remember when we talk about mystical experiences and prophetic experiences that all of it is completely vain and worthless unless it results in a heart fully in love with Jesus and provoking that even more. So I want to just mention just some reasons why I value mystical experiences and talking about it and why mystical experiences are important. Number one, prophetic experiences should be viewed positively as it is a method employed by God to unveil wonderful truths to his people. Prophetic experiences grant the seer a glimpse of God himself. Numbers 12 says that when there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Prophetic experiences are, as the Torah states, one primary way the Lord reveals his heart to us. You know, visions and dreams are a form of private and intimate communication between God and the individual. So it's a it's an intimate communication between friends. There's no password that some computer guy can hack into into your brain and there's not any way to <laughs> access that that kind of memories in your own dream experiences you know these are only between you and God alone so in these experiences God is sovereign he's just he's powerful he's in control of the universe and the lives of individuals and this is one of the ways that he chooses to communicate that no one else even has access to uh, so another reason, number two, prophetic experiences can unveil the future, not in order to satisfy idle curiosity, but as a source of comfort and encouragement to the saints during their time of need. Number three, these experiences can undoubtedly help us in our mission, or they would not be given. These experiences just don't come for no reason, but we we need experiences, but we also need grace, you know. Prophetic spiritual experiences will happen to us because we need them for a message or mission we've been given. So there's specific assignments in, uh, in that regard that the Lord can call us into with these experiences or confirm them with these experiences as well. But it's important to remember that although Scripture is our highest standard and guardian of truth, on occasion the Lord also releases prophetic experiences to encourage our understanding and to encourage our perseverance so that we do not quit. It's important to say that we only receive prophetic experiences that glorify Jesus, they honor scriptures, and they promote holiness and love for one another. This is the safeguard for subjective prophetic experiences. You know, I love how the Holy Spirit can give us prophetic information in many different ways including prophetic impressions dreams open visions mental visions the audible voice of god trances experiences in the third heaven and so on and so forth but we also need to be aware of testing prophetic mystical experiences 
And we need to talk about testing them according to what uh, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. It says, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. And you, we can even apply this specifically to mystical, prophetic, supernatural experiences. Do not despise these experiences, but test everything. Test them all. Hold fast to what is good. So here's just a couple of few core values and boundary lines for the safety and the sanity of the collective saints. Anytime you need to discern mystical experiences or spiritual activity, you should test them and hold to what is good. And uh, one thing I like to say is the easiest test is looking at how these experiences line up with the first and second commandment. You know, this is what Jesus described in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. He, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And, the, and a second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So when we discuss these type of experiences, we should line them up with what Jesus said here, the first and second commandment. Do these revelations, do these mystical experiences empower us in loving Yahweh God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength? Do these experiences empower us in loving our neighbors as ourselves? You know, basically, I want to break this down a little bit more. The essence of our experiences should emit the exaltation of Jesus. That's so simple, but it's so essential. The are any revelations, any experiences that we receive must glorify God the Father and God the Son, because Jesus said in John sixteen fourteen, the Holy Spirit, His job in these experiences are to glorify Jesus. It says, they will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Revelation 19.10, of course, says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So any true spiritual mystical experience must glorify Jesus Christ first and foremost. It, will, it should never uh, magnify a person or an angel or a manifestation. You know, it's what I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, they prophetic, we can only receive prophetic experiences that glorify Jesus. They must honor the scriptures and they must promote holiness and love for one another. So the essence of these experiences should have agreement with the Bible in some way, in agreement with the Bible. The revelations must honor the recorded word of God. So that's important. You know, you think about 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. So authentic spiritual supernatural experiences line up with the message of biblical accounts, prophecies, and teachings. So all true revelations and experiences should agree with both the letter and the spirit of scripture. Is there any scriptural support for what happened? That's a good question to ask because the Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. So another thing I want to mention with revelations and these experiences is they must, I, I believe they must uh, inspire people to turn towards God. So revelations, these experiences, they must direct people to King Jesus. It's not enough 
just to be supernatural and mystical experiences. They, if even if they give accurate insights to the future, are people being affected positively and turning towards Him? You know, look at what God said in Deuteronomy thirteen, verse one through four. It says, "If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you, and gives you a sign or a wonder." And the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass. And if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and hold fast to him. So revelations, these experiences, when we test them over ourselves or test them with others, these revelations must direct people to King Jesus. Even if a prophet or prophetic person is highly gifted and can produce miracles, do not believe a word that they mention or say unless their revelations and experiences direct people to King Jesus. You know, I like to look at Jeremiah chapter 23. You know, in this chapter, Yahweh is talking about the evidence of standing in the divine counsel of the Lord. So we're talking about this is a, a high level revelatory third heaven experience that the Hebrew Jewish prophets would experience from time to time. And the evidence of standing in that council is people repenting and turning from evil to God. Jeremiah twenty three eighteen says, For who among you, who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word, who has paid attention to his word and listened? Jeremiah 23 verse 22 says, If they have stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people. And the people, they would have turned, they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. So that's part of the essence of these experiences. They should be drawn people away from their former ways of wickedness and evil into righteousness. Should have provoked them to turn them to Yahweh. Uh, another good way to test out prophetic mystical experiences is the essence of them should be about edification, exhortation, and comfort. So we're talking about does the spiritual experiences build up the person and the people of God? You know, even when Jeremiah delivered negative words, his message still contained upbuilding promises from God to those who are obedient. Look in Jeremiah chapter 1. What we get out of this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 and 26. You know, that's the exhortation, exhortation and comfort. That's how we prophesy, right? So same with the mystical and, and supernatural experiences for ourselves is like, are these experiences drawing us closer to the heart of Jesus? Are they bringing comfort to us to go after Jesus with all that we have? Are these strengthening our resolve to go after him more? Another way to look at it is, you know, do these revelations, do these experiences have evidence of good fruit or bad fruit? Has these spiritual encounters borne the fruit, good fruit of the Holy Spirit? So look at Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. It's, we're talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. So we're talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the kind of fruit that we want to have from experiences. These are what we're testing. If we're having these good fruit, 
we hold on to these experiences. But if it stirs up some kind of prideful arrogance or boastfulness, or if it stirs you up to exaggeration or dishonesty or covetousness or financial irresponsibility or broken marriage vows or weakened churches or broken homes, you got to ask yourself, this is this from God? I, you know, I don't think so. You know, even every song, every single, even one of these flags of like licentiousness, all forms of immorality, adultery, fornication, even a party spirit, all these things are warning fruits. And if there's even one of these evidences, it flags that this experience is suspect. You need to. You need to be suspicious of these type of if these experiences are leading you in these kind of uh, manifestations. You know, look at what Jesus said in Matthew seven on the Sermon on the Mount. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Verse sixteen: You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered by thorn bushes or figs by from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. So revelations, these mystical experiences, will be established by its fruit. You know, another good thing to, to test these with is, you know, are these experiences producing liberty in my life? Are they producing liberty in the people's lives that are receiving these mystical experiences or revelations? Or are they binding them to bondage? Are they putting them into increased bondage? Are they producing life or death? You know, that's another way to look at it. Because the whole, the Spirit of God, according to Romans 8.15, you have received this, not the spirit of slavery to fear again, but you've received the spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father. So slaves experience fear, shame, blame, and unwelcome control. But sons and daughters feel secure. They know when they can call out to Abba, to Father, for any kind of help. So when we look at these experiences, are they provoking us to be motivated out of love and a sound mind? Uh, the Holy Spirit will never enslave us or manipulate us. Uh, he will only produce life and provoke us to righteousness. So um, it's important to look into when testing uh, mystical experiences and, and these kind of things. You know, uh, I just want to mention something helpful that I, I learned from Rick Joyner. He talks about uh, humility in these type of experiences. You know, we must embrace what we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9. It says, we see in part, we know in part, we prophesy in part. Rick says, this means basically no one has the whole picture, i.e., hey, there's a tendency to when you start having these type of experiences to think like you're some kind of prophet or some kind of big shot. But really, i.e., you're not that big of a deal. It's just that God is really big and he's kind and he, he likes to share some of these experiences with you so you get to know him more and search deeper in his word. So I just want to leave you with some wisdom from Rick Joyner. This is what what he has to say about how how humility is such an important core value in these type of mystical and prophetic experiences. So this is what Rick says. Even the greatest prophets and mystics only see in part. 
Think about that. I'm just going to say that. Only, even the greatest prophets only see in part 1 Corinthians 13.9. Selah. That's my own part. So this is what Rick says. Therefore, for us to have the whole picture, we must put our little part together with what others are seeing. This will require humility that will also lead to unity. We will never see his whole plan until we realize how much we need each other. As we're told in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9, we see in part, know in part, and prophesy in part, which means no one has the whole picture. Even if what we have is very specific and very clear, it is not the whole picture. This is why whenever the Lord speaks of revealing things to his prophets, that word is always plural, not singular. The Lord has composed his body so that we need each other and should therefore also love each other. He has also composed this ministry to require humility and openness to others. Those who lose this inevitably go astray, go awry. So remember, at best, we are seeing in part. If we can embrace this humility, we can be trusted with much more. So that's something I found helpful when uh, when discussing these type of mystical experiences and why are they important and to remember in all this, humility is so crucial. It is so key because at best we're seeing in part. So I hope this was encouraging to you. I wanted to lay out some of my thoughts and why I think mystical experiences are important and why myst prophetic encounters are going to be way more uh, talked about because we're entering into that time when the whole church will receive an increase of dreams, visions, and prophetic experiences. So we need to be able to talk about these things because this will be in the forefront of people's experiences. So we need to be equipped and not afraid to talk about these things and uh, we need to have a grid to discuss these things. You know, uh, remembering that they shouldn't be so common that they become trite or over-familiar, but they shouldn't be spooky and bizarre so that no one can believe it or believe for it or experience them. So I, that's why I wanted to discuss this. So I hope you found this time helpful. Uh, we're going to talk about more of these things as time goes on. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.